our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this Good Friday is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 19. Listen to verses 17 and 18. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. So far, our text. Marketing experts are always quick to tell startup businesses how important it is to develop a corporate logo. They call it brand identity. But can a simple symbol all by itself really identify a complex million or billion dollar organization? Well, let's find out. I'll put some logos on the screen and you tell me the company. Ready? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that company is called never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, all logos are based on the principle that a picture paints a thousand words. And that's absolutely correct. And, and that's why logos are so powerful. A single image connects the consumer with the name of the company, what it stands for, and the product itself. What's true for secular corporations is also true for religious corporations. Cast your eyes now upon this religious corporate logo. That's right. This is the greatest logo ever created for any business or any organization, and it is the envy of marketing experts everywhere. It's packed with the power of the creator of the universe, isn't it? It conveys knowledge and truth that are the difference between life and death and heaven and hell. And yet, it is so simple that a child can create it with just two sticks. No one in 2,000 years has ever dared try to steal it or use it for their own ideas. It's so much bigger than any Fortune 500 company or CEO or, or business. This logo th is the cross of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And on this afternoon, two millennia ago, it was the instrument of his death. And it changed the world. And it changed your life forever. Logos are simple symbols that make powerful connections. So on this Good Friday, let's talk about some of the important connections made by the cross. The first connection is this, the cross connects you to your sin. Saint Anselm was a bishop in the early Christian church. He was a theologian. He once wrote a letter to a young man who was considering converting to Christianity, but was having uh, doubts and, and misgivings about the cross. Anselm wrote to him and said, Son, 
you have yet to consider the seriousness of sin. And there are many people still today, maybe you're one of them, who could care less about the cross because they care less about their sin, which is exactly what the devil is going for, isn't he? I mean, the devil whispers in their brain, sin is old-fashioned, sin is relative, sin is whatever uh, you want to make it uh, to be, or God won't mind, you deserve to have some fun, blah, blah, blah. But God does mind. He hates sin. Always has. Always will. And if God is anything, he's a just God. He has to punish sin. He has to punish evil or he's not God anymore. So serious is sin to God that the punishment has always been death. So look upon the cross on this good Friday evening. See Jesus, hear him struggle for the next breath. He's dying, but it wasn't God who put him on that cross. You did, and I did too. Our sins did that. So tonight you must own up to your sins, because if you don't, if you don't lay claim to them, you'll never repent. And if you never tell God that you're sorry for your sins, God will not forgive you ever. So the cross connects you to your sins. And that's tough to hear. But it's a good thing. The second connection that the logo of the cross makes is this. The cross connects you to the cost of Easter. A pastor friend of mine, about a week ago, he sent me a copy of an ad, uh, an Easter ad that Walmart's uh, using in the Easter season, and the ad was pretty straightforward. The tagline said, Walmart, keeping down the cost of Easter. Well, that's awfully nice of Walmart to, you know, uh, give you the cheapest possible Easter uh, this year, but the truth is that Easter has never been cheap. No, Easter is expensive. It costs, it costs a lot. And there's only one place where the Easter price tag is found. It's hanging, it's stapled, it's nailed to the cross. I suppose that if many people had their druthers, they'd rather skip this Good Friday altogether and just get right to Easter morning. I mean, bunnies and bonnets and baskets and brunches sure sound more fun than the sound of blood and gore and slow death by asphyxiation. I mean, come on, there's a reason, after all, why, why, why all Roman citizens in Jesus' day were exempt from the penalty of crucifixion, no matter their crime, even if it was murder. The Romans knew it was a horrifying way to die. But if you don't stop at the cross tonight and see how expensive Easter really is, Easter won't mean anything to you. You must stop. You must look at the cross with your own eyes. And when you do, when you do take a good long look, you're going to notice something. Do you see it? Your name is etched upon that blood-stained timber. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial is striking for its simplicity. 
etched in a black granite wall are the names of the 58,186 Americans who died in that war. But for three Vietnam veterans, Robert Bedker, William Craig, and Daryl Lausch, a visit to that memorial has a completely different meaning. Those three men can walk up to that dark wall and find their own names carved in the stone. Because of a, uh, a data coding error, each of them was incorrectly listed as being killed in action. Your name is written on the cross tonight. That cross should have been yours. That cross should have been mine. You should have died in the action of your sins. But out of love, Jesus took your place. Out of love, Jesus became your substitute. Out of love, he covers up every last one of your sins. Every last one of your crimes against God the Father, he covers it with his suffering and his dying and his blood. You have to see the cross tonight. You have to know what Easter costs. One final cross logo connection now, and that's this. The cross also connects you to the last work. Two visitors were touring the Naval Academy in Annapolis, and they noticed several students on their hands and knees assessing the courtyard with, with pencils and clipboards and calculators. What are they doing? You know, one of the visitors asked the tour guide. He replied with a grin, well, each year the upperclassmen asked the freshmen how many bricks it took to finish paving this courtyard. So what's the answer, the visitors asked. And the guide replied, one. In like fashion, when it comes to the Good Friday cross, there's only one person who has the last word, and that's Jesus Christ. And last words are always important, aren't they? Because to have the last word is to have the final authority on things. To have the last word means that you are in control, that you call the shots, that you're the boss. I mean, go ahead, ask any coach or teacher or manager or CEO or parent, and they will tell you that having the last word is what they're all about. On Good Friday, Jesus cries out his final word with his final breath. It is finished. And that's the last word that you're ever going to need to hear about your forgiveness. It's finished. It's a done deal. God will never hold your crimes against you anymore. It's finished. That's the last word you ever need to hear about your salvation. The work has been done. Jesus did all the heavy lifting on this uh, afternoon upon the cross, and now your path to heaven, it's been cleared, it's been paved, it's been polished, it's finished. Nothing will ever stand between you and God again. It's powerful, this logo, isn't it? It packs a punch, especially on this particular evening. You must stop. You must look. You must see the cross that connects you to your sins and reminds you of what Easter costs. This cross 
that is the absolute last word of how much God loves you. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.